Hey, it's Lisa Ann here. Thanks for joining me on another episode of the More Than Social podcast. I'm a digital marketing expert, self-development junkie, and your go-to for all things marketing, ads, and automation. I'm so excited that you popped by to hang out with me today, so let's dive right into the topic. I'll admit this, Pinterest is not my forte when it comes to running my business online, which is why I am so excited about today's episode. I've asked a Pinterest marketing expert to come on to the More Than Social podcast and break down everything we need to know about Pinterest. And I mean breaking it down from the very, very beginning. Who needs to use Pinterest? Why? How? How to drive traffic? How to generate leads through Pinterest? And we talked about so much more. So if you've been using Pinterest already for your business, or if you've been debating jumping into it just like I have, this one's for you. So let's dive right into the episode. Hey, Sam, welcome to the More Than Social podcast. Hi, thanks for having me. Of course, I'm so excited to dive into Pinterest marketing. I was just saying that I... I haven't dove too much into Pinterest. I know there's a lot behind it. And even last time we talked about Pinterest in general, you blew my mind with what it actually takes to build a brand on Pinterest. So super excited to dive into all of the Pinterest marketing topics. Now, before we dive into the actual content, why don't you tell our listeners who you are, obviously what you do besides Pinterest, and then we'll get right into the content. Yeah, I'm a Pinterest manager and strategist at Samantha Lynn Consulting. I help entrepreneurs establish a flow of website traffic, email subscribers, and sales utilizing Pinterest. I got started working for local businesses as a social media manager and sort of like an admin assistant. I started working from home when I had my son in 2017, again, as a social media manager for a local business, but I got to work remotely for the first time. And I learned a lot about working online. I dove right in. I started blogging and I I just loved being able to have that flexibility and stay home with my son. And it just, it meant so much to me. So I just kept going from there. I fell in love with Pinterest from blogging, but also I had clients over time as a VA who wanted me to tackle their Pinterest as well. And then I ended up doing a lot of random tasks for them as well. And for the website, for email marketing, tech admin, I mean, everything in between you could imagine. But Pinterest just stuck with me. I ended up working with a VA agency and I noticed that some of their strategies were kind of behind and their clients weren't getting great results. So I kind of took it upon myself to take a program in 2019 to become a Pinterest manager. My goal was just to help this agency, but I thought, you know, with my experience as a VA, because there's so much more behind Pinterest than just keywords, right? There's a lot of backend funnel email marketing. There's a lot of strategy set up on the backend to make it successful long-term. So I thought, you know, I can combine everything I've learned up to this point and start working for my own, with my own Pinterest clients. And I've been doing that ever since. Amazing. Yeah. And honestly, I feel like a lot of people don't understand the back end. Even with myself, it's like I say, I leverage social media for lead generation, but there's the funnels, there's the lead maintenance, there's the emails, there's the automation, there's the ads, like everything. There's so much more to just posting what people actually see. So that's super interesting that you said that piece of it, because it's, like I said, it's a ball game of its own Pinterest versus mm-hmm. social media and like Instagram, Facebook doesn't matter. Now, out of curiosity, so Pinterest, in my mind, I have always used Pinterest if I'm looking for recipes or I'm looking for designs for like our home or something like that. Is there a specific industries that you find should be on Pinterest over other industries or is that just 
me being, that's just how I use Pinterest per- personally. I do think that if you're not used to the seeing the business side of Pinterest, that's not the first thought that you have. You think of planning for a wedding, for your baby shower. You think of just like planning your vacation or things like that, mm-hmm. um, DIY projects. But there is a whole business side. And anyone who works online should be on Pinterest, in my opinion. It is the same thing as Google. So it is keyword based, but it's just for images. But there's an added advantage because you have the search feed which is what keywords people are searching for. And then you also have a home feed where the more you search for certain topics, the more it pops up on your feed. So Mm -hmm. if you're always searching for lifestyle related topics, that's all you're going to see. Whereas if you start looking at the business side of things, start, if you're not used to this either, I highly recommend people going onto Pinterest and just searching for their, their niche, their industry, people who they know are in their niche on Pinterest. See how much content is actually there. Anyone who has any type of online content, product-based businesses who sell online courses, even online service providers, in my opinion, should absolutely be on Pinterest. And if you don't believe me, go on Pinterest and trust me, just do some searches and you will find there is an incredible amount of people in our industries, our perfect clients, people we would love to work with who are actually actively searching for people just like us. And is there like a certain demographic or age or anything like that that uses Pinterest specifically? It's less about the age and more about the gender. We are mostly female. Females usually use Pinterest more than men. There are quite a few men in more tech-related industries on Pinterest. And even company-based companies who have like Excel spreadsheet type of products, there are actually a lot of them on Pinterest as well. And any kind of Anyone who sells products online, there are plenty of males for those industries as well. But when it comes to more of what we do, so the marketing aspect of things, you will find women dominate on top of lifestyle. Women definitely dominate that on Pinterest as well. Interesting. I uh, got my father-in-law on Pinterest probably about three years ago now. And like, he's always like finding new projects and everything that he wants to do. And my mother is like, thank you. Like, so he's always on it. But from a lifestyle, let's decorate the house type mm-hmm. of thing or make a new project or a new bench or whatever he's looking up. But, but it's funny that you say it's mostly females, but yeah, he loves mm-hmm. it too. Um, yeah. So then how does it actually work? So you mentioned the search based aspect of it. So obviously there's pins mm-hmm. that people put out, there's different boards. So like, let's get into more like the strategy of how someone would actually use it for their business growth. Yeah. So Pinterest, like I said, is keyword based. It is a search engine. You use it the same way that you would use Google. If you want to rank for certain search terms, which is our goal on Pinterest for business marketing, we start with a keyword strategy and that simply takes your content and your topic pillars and you want to create boards that have the titles and the descriptions that are keyword based. So even your profile description, your title and who you are and what you do should have top keywords that you want to rank for. Who are you trying to reach on Pinterest? And as same way with any other platform, you need to know who your audience is first and foremost. If you don't know who you're talking to, you're not going to get anywhere. But Mm -hmm. we're using keywords on Pinterest the same way you would in a blog post. So like when you write a pin description or a board description, you're just writing writing sentences like you're talking to a normal person. (laughs) We're not keyword stuffing 
that's an old strategy people used to use. But the whole purpose of this keyword strategy is not to find people. I think this is the mindset that we have in social media marketing is we are trying to find people. We're trying to get people's attention. Whereas on Pinterest, you are trying to let Pinterest know who you are and what you do and who you want your content to go to. And as long as you follow those these simple guidelines, you don't spam Pinterest and you keep your boards and your pins relevant to what you do, then Pinterest will read that and they will serve it to the right person. Hmm, interesting. So like for myself, if I was to do boards, like I could have one for email marketing, funnels, ads, social media, like just break it like that kind of way. Absolutely. And okay. you could even get more specific. So for example, if you do have a lot of content around different platforms, which even for your podcast, marketing that on Pinterest is a really good example. You could have all kinds of industry experts on various social media marketing platforms. So it would be effective for you to have boards for each specific marketing platform. Okay. It all depends so. on your niche and the type of content you create, but absolutely. Let me jump in real quick before we continue to let you know about an upcoming masterclass that I know you would really, really benefit from if you are looking to generate more leads and more sales into your business. In this masterclass, I'm breaking down something that I like to call the ACCC formula. This is the exact strategy that I follow for all of my marketing and for all of my clients' marketing to generate high quality leads through social media. Plus, I'm actually sharing with you how you can have this system run on automation for you. That way, you can be generating leads, you can be generating sales into your business while you sleep, while you travel, while you hang out with your friends and your family, or while you work on other aspects of your business. A question to ask yourself is, if you are ready to generate more clients and sales for your business, would you like to do that on automation? If so, then head on over to masterclass.lisaann.ca and as a listener to the podcast and really just being a part of my community, you get to join this masterclass for free. So to register, head on over to masterclass.lisaann.ca. I will also put that in the notes for you just to make it easy. Now, sorry to interrupt the episode. I was just really, really excited to let you know about this upcoming masterclass. So let's get right back to the episode. And then I know you mentioned this last time we talked, how often should you be posting pins? So consistency matters more than anything else. The last thing we want to do is spam Pinterest. Their spam filters have been created to make sure that no one is posting too often because they do not want to overwhelm the home feed or anything like that. It's interesting because I don't think that's necessarily as relevant on Pinterest just because we don't actually have a follower feed at the moment. We used to, we don't now. But they okay. just wanted to make sure that people weren't trying to force using a lot of keywords and spamming to then kind of like dupe Pinterest. So if you're just getting started, you're not used to marketing on Pinterest, I'd say even start with a couple pins a week. As long as you're being consistent and you're following a consistent schedule, that's what matters. If you have a decent amount of content, like a podcast, you blog, you have content on other social media platforms, or you have landing pages and other things on your website that you want to pin to then I would say up to a couple of times a day. Whereas if you're a blogger, up to 10 times a day, max. I would not pass 10 pins a day, no matter who you are. <laughs> and some people, again, try to pin more than that. But I always recommend that the spam filter is so 
tight now that I'm always worried that people are going to get caught in it. And once that happens, it can be really hard to recover your account. Crazy. So if someone's doing a weekly blog post or a weekly podcast episode, YouTube video, whatever, if, if it's a couple times a day that they should be posting, is it driving? So one pin, well, both pins that you're posting a day, is that driving the traffic to the same piece of content? So this is interesting. We want to space mm-hmm. content out. And okay. what Pinterest sees as content isn't necessarily, you have two aspects to your content. You have the pin design itself, the graphic, mm-hmm. and then you have the actual URL. So where you're directing that traffic, you want to vary up your content. So if you don't have a ton of content to share and you obviously don't want to be spamming Pinterest, you would design multiple pin designs for one URL. We recommend that regardless and spacing mm-hmm. them out a little bit. That way you also have a higher chance of ranking depending on which pin performs better. This is our own way of sort of A-B testing, right? Mm-hmm. And the other aspect is you don't want a URL to be used too close together. But if you're pinning the exact same pin and the exact same URL together over and over and over again, that is considered spam in Pinterest mm-hmm. eyes. Okay. So we want to, yeah. So we want to create multiple graphics for 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 each URL that we that we post on Pinterest. And then, from a graphic standpoint, are there any tips that you can give of what should be on the graphic or anything? Like I see, like obviously on like Canva and stuff, they have like their Pinterest options, mm-hmm. but I find it's more they're not that pretty. But like, yeah. where, where does it lie with graphics? Believe it or not, pretty doesn't matter when it comes to designing a pin. I love it because branding, I work with branding experts. So seeing their pins, their beautiful pins, it's really nice, but I'm also coming from a marketing perspective. So mm-hmm. that's attractive to me. Not everyone feels that way. And in terms of how Pinterest reads the graphic, which is what matters the most, because that's who's going to, it's going to be served to based on what Pinterest sees on that pin. We want keywords to be in any text overlay that's on that pin design. If it has words, there should at least be one keyword that you want to rank for on that. Any images on that pin should be related to the content it leads to. So this is something people don't know. Pinterest actually reads the images as well. And if an image on a pin has does it make any sense and is not related at all to the actual content of the pin or the content of the website that it leads to, Pinterest goes, that doesn't make sense. <laughs> I don't know who to serve this to because that doesn't make sense. <laughs> so like if I, so from a personal branding perspective, if I am using, doing a pin and I have a picture on me with it and it's leading to a blog post about ads, is that the contradicting fact or should I be posting a vi- picture more of a ad or a computer type of thing? So the interesting thing about faces is it's a little different than using an image of like a product or an item. So faces actually do really well, especially for more personal topics or in the sense of marketing, content creators are very attracted to the person that they're buying from. Consumers feel this way too. Everyday consumers want like to know who they're buying from now more than ever. Mm -hmm. That transparency and the authenticity matters. This is where the A-B testing comes in. So it's not that you shouldn't use pictures of yourself. That's not not relevant to Pinterest as far as the topic goes, but we want to do some testing. So when we're creating various pins for that specific piece of content, let's use a picture of you and let's also use a picture that is a, of a product or an item that's related to the topic and okay, see how they perform. Interesting. Okay. So yeah, it all comes down to testing. I feel like on yeah. my podcast, all I talk about is testing, testing, testing. You will understand <laughs> that because it's yeah. so important. Okay. So then in terms of the actual URL, so we've talked about, you can 
send them to your website or a landing page or wherever. Do you find that there this well one does every single pin have to have a URL? Is that like a standard thing? Yes, absolutely. You okay. cannot pin to Pinterest without a URL. And okay. believe it or not, that's a good thing. Pinterest, Pinterest actually loves their content creators and they've been focusing more on helping businesses grow more than ever. And they're constantly coming out with new tools to help content creators and new programs, new ways of helping you get discovered, your products, your and, and rank up depending on you know what you do. The reason that's so amazing is because unlike every other social media platform, Pinterest wants pinners to leave. They expect it. Mm -hmm. So while that is to your advantage, on the other side of it, you want your topic to be so relevant to your audience that they go, I have to save this for later. So mm -hmm. these are the two things that like the two important metrics that we talk about and that we want as a Pinterest manager is how, how many times are you getting saved? Is your pin getting saved and by who? And how many times are people leaving Pinterest and going and clicking on that URL and going to that landing page or wherever you're sending them to? And how mm -hmm. often is that happening? Those are our, ma our major metrics because those are what matter to us as far as outbound clicks, whereas saves matters to Pinterest. Okay. And then, um, so landing pages versus a website. So let's just say you send them to a blog post versus a landing page to download a lead magnet. Have mm -hmm. you seen any difference between conversions or performance from a saving perspective or anything like that? There is a trust factor. So this is again, more relevant in our field and what we mm -hmm. do. If you are going to send someone directly to a landing page, it needs to be a, the type of landing page again this is where the the back end stuff comes in and it, it really matters it's beyond pinterest it's what do you have set up on the back end to make mm -hmm. sure conversions are actually happening so on your landing page what is your copy is it what's your messaging is it related to that person do they do they understand that you're actually talking to them do they know that you can help them does this make sense to them and if that's not the case then that landing page will just not perform as well the mm -hmm. other aspect is um, advertising on Pinterest, which is becoming more common now. And we're seeing a lot more content, content creators utilizing ads to promote landing pages. And it's more effective with email marketing because you are giving them something in return, which we find in general. But if you're also utilizing ads to do that, then you're increasing your traffic, you're increasing your awareness, you have more people to nurture where sales pages are a little bit different. Mm -hmm. Okay. And then so briefly touch on the ad perspective. So obviously I talk a lot about Facebook and Instagram advertising, Google ads, YouTube ads, but from a Pinterest advertising perspective, how targeted can you actually get from a targeting perspective? So on top of the regular demographics that you would have for any advertising platform, you also have the added benefit of that keyword research. So yeah. if you have keywords that are working effectively, your pins are ranking, you are getting consistent traffic from Pinterest, that's the only time I would recommend getting started with ads. Okay. If you want to create a baseline on Pinterest to know that your keywords are actually converting, you are ranking for those search terms. If that's the case, then you combine those very specific demographics with your search terms for your pins or your pin ads, and that makes them just so much more effective. Okay. Interesting. Okay. So then, so the ads, once you get to that point, that's one version of it. What about yeah. hashtags and stuff on Pinterest? Is that relevant? Does that work? What is, what's your thoughts on that? This is so interesting. So a few years back, Pinterest tried to make hashtags a thing and to see if users would use them. Content creators 
did what we do as marketers and we go, oh, you're using, we, they want us to use hashtags. We're going to use hashtags. So mm-hmm. everyone starts using hashtags and pairs are like, no, I'm not using hashtags. <laughs> so they're not clickable in pin. Okay. You can't click on them and then go somewhere. And then what was happening was Pinterest found that people were going into the search bar and using it the same way they do with Google. They're mm-hmm. just searching in the keywords or the long tail keywords, those specific topics. There's no hashtag involved. So while putting a hashtag, like multiple hashtags, let's say at the end of a pin description, it's not going to hurt you, but it's not going to be readable by Pinterest and it's not clickable by a pinner. So it's really not useful. The best thing you can do as far as the concept of hashtags goes is you could add a few relevant keywords or keyword phrases at the bottom of your pin description. So separated by, say, a comma, but they should be separated in the way that words normally are, not bunched together the way a hashtag would be so that Pinterest can actually read it. Okay, interesting. Interesting. And then I have one more question that just popped in my head. From a keyword perspective, how do you, is there any way that you can research on Pinterest to figure out what are the best keywords to use or what's your suggestions on that side of things? Absolutely. So there are a few different parts to this and it depends on how robust your current marketing is. So if if you're just getting started, then go on Pinterest and everyone should do this anyway, but go on Pinterest, go into the search bar. You should be searching for the content topics that you create. What are you, what do you want to be known for on Pinterest? Search for those in the search bar and see what pops up. What are those pins, pins look like? Who is ranking more than everyone else? How can you stand out among those pins? What keywords are being used specifically? Click on a few of the pins and see what the pages lead to. What's that content about? And this gives you a really good insight into what pinners themselves are actually, um, looking at and what they're clicking on because the higher they rank up in that search feed means that that's the most searched pin. And okay. the other really interesting part about that is you'll find that these pins could be years old. So you're competing against people who have been on Pinterest for a very long time. So this is also when you bring in your unique value proposition, which is how can you stand out as far as the old content on Pinterest that's ranking really well. So if a post is from 2017 and it's talking about how to become a blogger, mm-hmm. go read that article. What is outdated? What can, how can you write a blog post that's going to be more updated, more relevant? And then you go on and you pin to Pinterest consistently with multiple pin designs for that one URL. And yes, it requires patience, but what happens is you are you, you start stacking up over time. This builds on itself the same way where you can't start utilizing SEO on your website and then you're going to rank on Google on the first page within a month. That's not, you know, that's not realistic. Mm-hmm. The same thing is with Pinterest. But the more consistent you are, the more this stacks. And you will find that for months and years to come, these pins can actually bring you, con- bring you consistent traffic, sales, email subscribers. And I, I still see it today. Years later, pins are still clicked on and still bring people clients. Amazing. I feel like my mind is just going that I need to now go and do a whole marketing strategy on Pinterest for my business. (laughs) So you gave me a lot of homework. So thank you for that. But honestly, this has been extremely, extremely valuable. You taught me a lot. I'm sure you taught all the listeners a lot. Quick question. Where can everyone find you online? So on Instagram and on Pinterest, my username is Samantha Lynn underscore co. And I also have a Facebook group, Pinterest for Profit, and I'm spending a lot more time in there. 
Amazing. I will make sure to link those below so everyone can join your Facebook group. In the Facebook group, are you like having just lives or questions? Like what's the Facebook group all about? Oh yeah, we do. We're doing more live discussions. I'm going to start bringing in some other experts to, to talk about other aspects of Pinterest marketing, like emails and funnels and opt-ins and landing pages, things like that. So amazing. We're, we're, awesome. gonna, we're very robust. We're talking about everything. <laughs> amazing. Everything Pinterest. That's awesome. And then I always like to end off our interview question with what is the one piece of advice that you would give a fellow entrepreneur? This is a really good question. <laughs> the best piece of advice is for me is there's a massive difference between intentional pausing in business and inaction. This has been a consistent theme for me and trying to figure this balance out. But I believe that we all need to take the time to learn before jumping into something or thinking our decisions through. But we can get so stuck in that place that it prevents us from moving forward. The fear and the doubt creeps in and then you can't move forward. Take the time to pause, learn and think through things. But then instead of worrying about messing up or it not working, you've got to step out and continue to take action. I love that. It's yeah, there is that perfect balance between figure it out and then just do it instead of figure it out, make it perfect, make sure everything's 110% and then a year yeah. has gone by and you haven't done anything yet. So exactly. I love that. <laughs> Amazing. <laughs> well, thank you so, so much. Honestly, like I said, this has been extremely valuable. You give me a lot of homework. So I appreciate <laughs> you being on here. And if we have any questions, obviously we'll join that Facebook group as well. That sounds great. Thank you so much for having me. This was so much fun. Thanks so much. We'll talk to you soon. Thank you so much for hanging out with me on this episode. I am so grateful that you show up each and every week. I hope these tips and tricks have brought you some new ideas and new inspiration for your business. If you love this conversation, let me hear it. Leave us a rating and review on the More Than Social podcast and be sure to subscribe so you never miss an episode. Share it with someone who you know needs this message and together, let's make an impact and let's make a business that we love. I'll see you next week. Thank you.